This episode is brought to you by Accenture. A better you starts with better hydration. Accenture is on a mission to inspire people to do what matters most. Their proprietary ionization process transforms water from any source into ionized alkaline water, providing water that's 99.9% pure with a pH of 9.5 or higher. Essentia Overachieving H2O, the number one ionized alkaline water. Shop now. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. At the UPS Store, we know things can get busy this upcoming holiday. You can count on us to be open and ready to help with any packing and shipping or anything else you might need. Is there anything you can't do? Um, actually, I don't have a good singing voice. <clears throat> the UPS... Nope. But our certified packing experts can pack and ship just about anything. At least that's good. The UPS Store. Be unstoppable. Most locations are independently owned. Product services, pricing, and hours of operation may vary. See center for details. Come in today to get your holiday goodies there on time. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams. So they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually we're great, but together we're so much better. That's why millions of teams around the world, including 75% of the Fortune 500, trust Atlassian software. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Hello and welcome to Instant Genius, a bite-sized masterclass in podcast form. I'm Jason Goodger, commissioning editor at BBC Science Focus magazine. These days, largely thanks to science fiction movies, most of us will be familiar with the idea of black holes, regions of space-time where gravity is so strong that nothing, not even light, can escape it. But what about white holes? In this episode, we catch up with theoretical physicist Carlo Rivelli, author of the book White Holes, Inside the Horizon. He tells us all about his groundbreaking work investigating what is happening inside black holes, how they can give birth to white holes, and how white holes may be the best candidate for dark matter yet. So you begin the book by saying that in order to understand white holes, we first need to understand black holes. So I think that's the best place to start then. So first off, what is a black hole? You know, what's the sort of Cliff Notes version? Black hole is, uh, first of all, something we actually today see in the sky. And I think that's the best definition we have uh, uh, of black holes today. We see these things, many of them, in fact, uh, millions, billions of them. And uh, some we see very well. We even pictures of them. We, we have indirect evidence of them. We see things orbiting around black holes. We see the X-rays that come from the matter surrounding black holes. We see the gravitational waves produced by black holes to, uh, that merge, that fall into one another. So there are these things out there. And the best explanation we have about these things uh, out there is the mathematics of black hole. Having said so, I think this is the best way of thinking about black hole, but, but it's a, it, it hides the main point, uh, which that these black holes were predicted uh, a century ago by a theory, which is Einstein general relativity. So we actually knew that this is, could exist uh, much before seeing them. In fact, there was a debate whether they were just a prediction of the theory that is realized in nature or whether they were just a prediction of theories not realized in nature. So a series says this could be possible, but doesn't have to be 
realized actually in uh, in nature. And I remember when I was a student at the university, my textbook, written by the main scientist uh, of the time, Steven Weinberg, Nobel Prize, great, great scientist, uh, the texts were very good, very accurate in explaining the mathematics and what in principle kind of black hole, black hole be. But then it said uh, something like, it's very unlikely that something like that exists there. And that was the early 70s. There was not yet any evidence of their reality. In fact, it was just beginning at that time, um, first, uh, first hints that this is, could, uh, could exist. So what is this thing? It's a hole in space in a, in a very literal sense. So the name hole, not just metaphorical or, uh, or, or, or to make it beautiful, uh, it's truly a hole in sense, in the sense in which you can imagine of uh, uh, you know, walking in the street and there's a hole you can fall down, <laughs> in very much that sense. So imagine you have, a, you have a, a large square in the center of your town and uh, it's all you know, flat or maybe a little bit hilly, but you can walk everywhere, but somewhere there's a hole. And a hole is a passage that can be narrow, the throat can be narrow, through which you can go into an inside, which can actually be very large. I mean, imagine you are a little ant that is, is walking around and you go inside and inside maybe there's a parking lot. There's a huge immense space inside, which from the outside is closed inside this little throat. Now that's exactly what the black holes in the sky are. So seem from the outside, they are just little spheres, spheres, a sphere, uh, they can be small, they can be large. The actual black, black holes we've seen in the sky have very different sizes. Some are big, some are huge, some are immensely large. Maybe there's small ones, we don't know. But the point is that this sphere, imagine a sphere which is larger, I don't know, a kilometer, a big thing, like a kilometer. But if you go inside, it's not just one kilometer cube, it's much, 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 much bigger. So there's enormous amount of space where you can fall in. And this is permitted by the distortion of space, uh, which Einstein theory permits. So that's basically what a, what a black hole. From the outside, it's just a sphere with a mass. You can be in orbit around it, or you can fall inside. And it's a huge distortion of space. Next to it, what it does is a huge distortion to time, which is what makes them particularly interesting. So you sort of touched on it there. This the key to this whole idea is Einstein's famous theory of relativity. This predicts some fairly strange counterintuitive behaviors of space and time. So how does that relate to a black hole? A lot, because uh, Einstein talked us through general relativity that uh, uh, space can be deformed and time can be deformed. I'll say in a moment what it means time to be deformed. Uh, not only that, but the gravity, the phenomenon of gravity, can, it, the best way to understand it is through as a deformation of space and time, the consequences of deformation of space and time. A deformation of space is sort of comprehensible, right? You take a rubber sheet and you push it and then you get deformed. And in some sense, three-dimensional space can be deformed in the same manner. Deformation in time, uh, it's really discussed, but it's not very complicated either. Information in times means that time is not the same for, for all of us. So while for me, one hour passes, it's perfectly possible that for you, a longer time passes or a shorter time passes. So we, we meet and then we separate, we meet again, and you've lived one hour, I've lived five days. And this is, uh, this is perfectly possible. And not only is it perfectly possible, but we, we measure that. We measure this in the laboratory. And what happens uh, roughly is that wherever there is a mass, time slows down. 
So if you go closer to the Earth, time goes slower. So literally, your feet have a shorter life than your head. Okay, literally. And this can be measured. It is measured in the laboratory. These distortions of time are very small on Earth, near an even bigger star, and are colossal near a black hole. And uh, the way to visualize this is to imagine to go close to a black hole, not inside, close. What I do in the book is I take the reader first close to the black hole and then through the horizon and then inside and then so on, continue. But if you get just get close to the black hole, you sort of stop there, you hoover there with the rockets, you keep yourself at a distance. And then you look around, you're gonna be surprised by a number of things. And the, the thing that's gonna mostly surprise you is if you look back at Earth, because if you look back at Earth and you look what's going on, you see everybody moving stupendously fast. You know, the day is going very, very fast and Earth rotating very fast around itself. You see the Earth that rotates around itself not every 24 hours, but much less, depending on the, on the distance you are from the black hole. The more you get close to the surface of the black hole itself, the, the faster you see the spinning and uh, everybody moving and you know, a civilization going around. So you see... Uh, what's going to happen in the future, so to say. Okay, If you want to know what's going to happen on Earth, when, you know, who is going to win the Third World War, and whether there will be humankind after the nuclear war or not, and whether we will live in peace forever, all that, just go close to White, White Hole, stay there half an hour, and you see the full thing, to, to see the future. And vice versa, obviously, because it's the same thing, if you stay on Earth, and you look at your friends who are just hovering there, there next, next to the black hole, you see them moving very, very slowly, incredibly slowly, and speaking very slowly, and the clock's ticking very slowly, and the more they get close to the surface of the black hole, the more everything slows down. So this is a relative fact. In other words, on Earth, time is normal, and there, time is normal. What is not normal is the relative speed of time of one place with respect to the other one. And that's the time distortion, the normal time distortion when you go close to a, a black hole. And in fact, from Earth, if somebody got to the horizon, you see everything stop, literally stop, slowing down so much that it stops. The light that you see becomes more and more red because the frequency of the light goes down down. It's like the atoms oscillating, producing the light, uh, oscillate slow and slow and slow, and then they stop. So you see everything stopping. But of course, if you are there, everything is normal, and you can go through the horizon. So let's, that was going to be my next question then. Let's say we've reached this point. What happens then? What do we know about that? We know everything. That's a remarkable thing. That's part of the know. So everything I've been I'm saying now, uh, it's sort of, I would say, established science, solid science, which is not the case for the white hole themselves, for the rest of the book. Because what I'm going to say after, it's what we think is going to happen, but we are far from sure. But what's going to happen on the horizon, like all that we know. We know very well. And uh, because it's... Uh, predicted by the theory by Einstein, they were very confident because so far, sort of everything that the theory predicted has turned out to be right. So it's a, a lot of confidence, very reliable, reliable the theory. So when we cross the horizon, as I said, what happened is uh, basically nothing at all. It's just normal moving through some regional space. And that's actually the reason of the name horizon, right? Because if you if you're on the coast, and look at the, the sea, at the ocean, you see the horizon. And if you see a boat going toward the horizon, after the horizon, it disappears. Okay, so it seems that there's a line there. 
And that's the, the line where the ocean ends. But if you go there, there's no line whatsoever. You just cross it and nothing happened at all. I mean, maybe you make a party because you cross the horizon, but there's a horizon seen from the Earth. Nothing special is, is, is happening there. So similarly, we can enter the black hole, nothing happened. We look back and we still see the stars. We still can get the information from Earth just going faster and faster and faster, but we still get the messages from, from Earth. We cannot send back messages because they will arrive far too much in the future. That is normal. However, if we look around, we find out that there is something strange. First of all, there's this immense space, which we didn't expect because it looked just a kilometer outside and inside there are millions and millions of kilometers or miles you can go in. And the space has a peculiar shape. So it's like being inside a pit, a huge pit, or a, a, a huge well, which go down, down, not infinite, but very, very, very long. So um, this is tube, long, long, long there. Now, in the third surprise, not only there's this huge space, very long, uh, but it's getting longer and longer and longer with time, and that's bad news, it's narrowing around you. So it's like being in a, in a deep pit, which, okay, is becoming longer, but it's also squeezing around you. And in fact, the space itself, you have less and less space around you, you're going to be compressed in the sides and squeezed in, the, in, in, in your height, in the length, more and more. And that's the part we are confident about. So what causes that narrowing? The theory of general relativity, Einstein theory, not only tells us that... Uh, Gravity is a bending of space-time and it's a it's distortion of space and distortion of time. But also that distortion of space and distortion of time are, are dynamical. They, they can change. There are some equations that describe how they change. So time and space are all together like a rubber band, which not only stretches, but there's some, some equations that tell how it stretches. It can wave, they can... Uh, and these equations are the Einstein equations. So the Einstein equations tell us how the dynamics of the form space works and they tell us that the dynamic inside is the squeezing. So it's gravity itself. An intuitive way of thinking about that, I would say, is that space itself is falling down, so to say, to uh, closing up along this increasing narrow tube. It's gravity. It's, it's another way of saying that things fall. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispy, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. You have goals. Reach them fast with IU Online's accelerated degree programs. Our six and eight week courses are taught 100% online and can fit any schedule. Advance your career with a bachelor's in informatics. It only takes 10 minutes to apply. Earn an Indiana University degree that's valued around the world. Get started today at IU Online. 
So then one of your key ideas then is the process of a black hole becoming a white hole. So can you talk me through that, please? That's a novelty, so to say, in the sense that uh, here there is a step and it's a, it's a, it's a major step. So, so far, it's Einstein equations and uh, they're reliable. If I had a lot of money in the bank, I would make a bet and I would be pretty confident that I'm not going to lose it. The reason we are not confident anymore is because when uh, the tube uh, becomes very narrow, very curved into itself, uh, the curvature is very high, it means the energy density is very high, the Einstein theory is not good anymore because we expect quantum phenomena to kick in. And quantum phenomena, quantum mechanics, uh, it's been the, the other great discovery of 20th century physics besides beside general relativity. Quantum mechanics tell us that uh, there are quantum phenomena. So th- pe- peculiar things happen, describe your quantum mechanic, which you usually disregard when you talk about big objects because they're the too, too small effects. But when you're deep inside the black hole, they're not too small effects. So quantum mechanics become important. So we need a theory that is consistent with Einstein theory, it sort of extends Einstein theory, but it keeps quantum mechanics into account. And um, we have theories that do that. I've spent all my life working on loop quantum gravity, it's a theory that does exactly that. But they're tentative theories, namely they have not been supported by experience, by measurement, by observations that have given full confidence in, uh, in them. So we have these tentative theories. And working with tentative theories, I and my colleague think it's happened, what this tentative theory suggests is that at the end of the squeezing, the squeezing stops and slows down because there's a sort of quantum pressure that prevents the space to squeeze too much, become too small, cannot become too small. And then what happens? Well, what happens, what, what the theory suggests is that what happens is exactly the usual thing that happens when things are stopped by falling, namely they bounce, they bounce back. Okay, a soccer ball that falls and bounces up. And when it bounces, it uh, sort of repeats the same path as before, but uh, with an inverse velocity. Velocity was going down and now velocity is going up. This reversed velocity, in a sense, it's, uh, it's, it's doing the same process backward in time. If you, like, if you film a falling ball and you project the field backward, you see a, a ball that goes up, which is exactly what happened after the bounce. So if this is correct, and this is what the equation of loop quantum gravity seems to indicate, what happened after the bounce is easy. It's just the same as a black hole, but uh, sort of filmed and projected backward. And this is again a solution of Einstein equation. In fact, it's, it's, it has a name, this thing, is white hole. A white hole is a black hole uh, sort of seeing backward in time, the velocity is reversed, so to say. So instead of a, a tube that is going to be longer and squeezing, it's a, it's a tube that come back, become shorter and opening up. And most importantly, from the throat, you don't see things falling in, you see things falling out. So this is the full complete story, or at least this is the first sketch of the complete stories. Uh, black hole is formed, everything falls in for a while, then the squeezing become too strong. There is this quantum bounce. So for a while, the Einstein equations don't work anymore because it's quantum phenomena, but then they work again. And uh, the Einstein equation itself tell us what happened next. Namely, everything what's inside now is free to come out and to, in fact, come out from the, from the hole. And if you're outside, what we see is very simple. We see just this little sphere, the first things go in and then things come out. 
So you mentioned earlier then that for many years, black holes were, were simply a theory, a hypothesis, and many people didn't believe in them. When did we first observe a black hole and how did we do that? It happened in steps. The first observation was very nice, in fact, uh, observing some stars, uh, stars not too far away in our galaxy. Astronomers saw one of these stars in the constellation of Sinus that was wiggling, moving back and forth. In fact, the light was a Doppler effect. You see, you see it moving, sometimes coming toward us, sometimes away from us, like it was dancing around something else. That's not probably too surprising because we see a lot of stars which are uh, double star, namely the two stars uh, which are very close uh, and orbit around each other. So if you look just at one of them, it, it wiggles exactly that way. Sometimes it comes toward us, sometimes it goes away from us. So people said, oh, okay, this is a double star. It's, 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 um, it's orbiting around something else. But, but you didn't, didn't see there's something else. So what is this other thing? So there had to be something there, which is very massive, massive enough to have the other star orbiting around. So not just a rock, but some big stuff, but not a star, not making light, not visible to light. So what could that be? And somebody said, well, could that be a black hole? That was the first element of evidence. Another element of evidence was strange signals that came in, were coming from far away called quasars. They're very, very strong signals and uh, nobody could make any sense of them because uh, they seem to be coming from something enormously energetic with a huge amount of mass, uh, but very small. So how could it be so massive and so small? Piling out things, but what really broke the hesitations and uh, is, is uh, two astronomers that got the Nobel Prize for that, who were looking at the center of our galaxy. You know, most stars in, this, in, in the sky don't move much. I mean, apart from this wiggling and sometimes dancing around one another, most stars don't move. But if you look at the center of the galaxy, really the center, and they had some technique to look well through because there's a lot of powder there you don't see well. They could see the star well, and they so that they move, they don't stay put. So they decided to trace the movement and uh, it, uh, it, it took various years to take pictures of them uh, and how they move month after month. And they found out that they move around Keplerian orbits, ellipses, all, all the stars, five or six were very visible, the movement, all around the same center. And from the Keplerian orbit, they could reconstruct the mass of the object there it turned out to be 4 million times the mass of the sun, far bigger than any star that we know. So there should be something 4 million times dark. And then uh, that was recognized by uh, one of the sources of radio waves that was known since long time. It was called Sagittarius A star. This is a constellation of Sagittarius. And from the, the feature of the, of the radio signal, the astronomers deduced that it had to be very small. So this is a four million mass thing, very small, around which other stars are in orbit, like planets are in orbit around the sun. Nobody had any alternative idea than a black hole. And finally, well, finally, the, 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 the next proof, I would say, or more and more solid, was the detection of gravitational waves because people had computed the, the shape of the wave emitted by two black holes falling to one another. And when uh, the, the people who built the detector gravitational wave turn it on, the final one, the big one, LIGO, the final version of LIGO, bingo, they found exactly the signal that was expected from black holes. 
And as this was not enough, there was a the photograph, the picture, this famous, marvelous, what is uh, 2019? Uh, it was all the first pages of all the major newspapers of Earth. So radio astronomers got together, put together a lot of radio antennas, telescopes around the Earth, uh, and actually took a picture. And the picture is a funny picture because you see this ring, this red ring. Is the red ring is due to the distortion of light around the around the black hole, and it turned out to be exactly what was expected uh, using the Einstein equation to be the shape of the light that comes from a black hole. So at this point, uh, the amount of evidence is overwhelming. It comes from star, from the center of the galaxy, from black hole very, very far away colliding, from these pictures. Uh, so yes, black hole there and are very, very well described by the mathematics of Einstein. So having said that then, how might we go about observing a white hole? We might be in the same situation a black hole 40 years ago, right? It's a, we have a possible prediction of Einstein theory, we have a sort of story how it could be born. It could be born from a black hole transforming into a white hole. Is that real? Well, we have to do the same thing that uh, we did with black holes. Slowly pile up, pile up evidence. And when the evidence is enough, we'll cheer. Now, nothing has happened so far. Uh, the, it's only recently that scientists have been going around the idea of, of white holes. I see two possible directions for uh, for confirming the existence. One is direct detection, because uh, um, for reasons that uh, maybe we don't have time to go into, I expect most of white holes to be very small, not big white holes, small white holes. And maybe, there may be many around and uh, produced by black hole very much in the past, and they might be flying around us. Uh, so we might detect one, and they interact only gravitationally. So we might build detectors that detect teeny, teeny things flying by and interacting gravitationally. I'm working on this uh, with some colleagues who know more than me on these things, uh, try to design. And, well, design is too early. Trying to see whether we can design a machine and does that. But the second idea, the one which I am more excited about, is this. Let me put it this way. I, I said that in the center of the galaxy, Sagittarius, radio astronomer had already detected this signal from there, much before understanding that it was a black hole. So in a sense, the black hole was, has been seen. In fact, the signal was, was uh, first detected in the 30s, almost a century ago, when people didn't even talk about black holes because it was too early. People haven't yet studied the Einstein equation well enough to understand these things. And it was this mysterious signal. So in a sense, we see black holes since the century, which just didn't know that they were black holes. And it took all this time to figure out that that signal is a signal of the matter spiraling a black hole. So could it be that we have already seen the white hole? Well, it could. Again, it's a speculation. Don't take it as a, as a discovery, but it's a speculation. Because if there were a lot of black holes in the past that has, have become small white holes, we should expect that many of these little things, sort of powder, uh, which only interact gravitationally, so you cannot see them, you cannot touch them, they don't collide against things, they just go through things, the only thing they have is a, is a gravitational pull, okay? So imagine there's a lot of them, and there's a cloud of them around the galaxy. So they, how would they manifest themselves? Like uh, uh, matter, because it's matter, dark, because we don't see it. Well, it turned out that astronomers see very well a very mysterious something that they call dark matter. It's probably the biggest mystery in astronomy. I think it is the bigger this astronomy, there's evidence that in the universe there's a vast amount 
of something which is not usual matter. It's not protons, electrons, photons, something else, because it's not visible. Everything interacts with light, and that thing doesn't interact with light, and interacts gravitationally. So here's the obvious hypothesis. Could this be many little teeny white holes? Now, for the moment, it's a speculation. It requires a lot of work to see whether it uh, matches with the uh, you know, cosmology or the rest. And people are beginning to do the work to, to see if this is possible. We have to understand the dynamics of white hole much better. We have to understand whether black holes could have been produced in the past and had the time to become white holes. So this is all work which is being done together with the scientists. But if this goes well, maybe the evidence that dark matter is this tiny white hole will glow, and then we will say, okay, these are the things. Thank you for listening to this episode of Instant Genius, brought to you from the team behind BBC Science Focus. That was theoretical physicist Carlo Rovelli. To read more about the topics we've just discussed, check out his latest book, White Holes Inside the Horizon. The current issue of BBC Science Focus magazine is out now. Pick up a copy wherever you buy your favourite magazines, or download us on your preferred app store. You can, of course, also find us online at sciencefocus.com. Thank you.